0: So, Fran, uh, I, always, I always start giggling when I ask you these questions, because I know you so well, and I just, like, Im- I feel like I'm introducing you to other people <laughs> in right. the, like, depth of you. So, I know you, you, like, love a true crime moment, like a snap to First 48, right? Uh, n-
2: not you, like, using my actual favorite shows, I just <laughs> pulling them out of thin air. I do, I do love a, a true crime, and not that this is something I should brag about, First 48 took place in my own... Backyard when I lived in Miami One of my oh apartment God. buildings was was <laughs> featured On an
0: episode <laughs> Girl I'm glad you made it out Girl, I'm made I was watching out. the show
2: And I was like that is my lobby Okay cool cool like, Hey, <laughs>
0: that's my dog that's me
2: It was so terrifying And I though? I ate it up
0: It was in your lobby
2: Somebody a guy jumped uh, This was before I lived in the building He jumped off of his balcony uh, At the pool and oh um, there was a whole episode about it because they were trying to figure out what apartment he came from, what happened. He had killed his girlfriend or something. I mean, it oh was it was god, it was crazy. And I was eating my kettle corn and enjoying. <laughs> Every second of it.
0: It's terrible. Literally eating it up. Uh, <laughs> We've we also commiserated about this because, like, both our mothers love them, too. And I have this weird theory, and I'm not a woman, so please push back and correct me if mm-hmm. I'm wrong. But I just have this theory that women are in, like, constant fear of some man. It's not funny, but some man, some, like, deranged sociopath trying to hurt them, kill them, or rape them. That They watch these shows, like, to see the red flags, to find the red flags.
2: Oh, like, I 1,000% believe that. And I, it's, you know, it's, it's really messed up because it's this idea that, well, if I was better prepared than Mm. that freaking weirdo, then, you know, you listen to these shows and you're like, got it, you know, never walk down an alley, never do this. I mean, it's all, it's, it's like internalized victim blaming. I guess it's it's like really weird because I listen to the things and I'm like, mm-hmm. See now what I would have done, and it's like you don't know what you would have freaking done,
0: you bitch. Like, right, but it's also crazy that you have to walk through the world that way. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's crazy you have to walk through the world that way.
2: Mm-hmm, and it's also. Wild that this has become entertainment. I mean, we bonded mm. over our mom's loving true crime. Lerna loves a murder. If there's a murder, she Uh-oh. wants to watch it.
0: Ooh, wait, wait. No, no, no. Uh, no, listen, no. I, listen, listen, listen,
2: listen. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait.
0: <laughs> I hate you for that. Uh,
2: let me fix it. Welcome back. I'm Francesca Ramsey. Let Me Fix It is the podcast that says, if you want history done right, you got to fix it yourself.
0: Ooh, I love that. And I'm Delon Grant, and this is Let Me Fix It, your resident fix for history's nicks and cuts. See what I did ooh, there? Ooh, ah. a,
2: to- a topical <laughs> intro.
0: Um, and like I said, today we're talking about Lizzie Borden. Fran, what do you know about Lizzie Borden?
2: Okay, I remember that she had a little jingle. Wait, is mm-hmm. it is it bad to call this a jingle? Uh... Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother forty wax, and when she saw what she had done,
0: she gave her father forty one. How just insensitive! People are dead <laughs> out here, guys. In the streets, dead. Y'all are making tunes.
2: You know what? We don't do that anymore. We don't. <laughs> we don't have little ditties for murderers. That's the only one I know.
0: I know. Remember, um, the shark has <laughs> a tiny teeth. Different Mac the knife. Another murder <laughs> no, song. No. It's ridiculous. Wow. No, you
2: pulled that deep from the recesses of your mind. I didn't okay. know that one at all.
0: Listen, she's a songstress. (laughs) um but the song the the jingle you just uh, mentioned it it starts to talk about the story but it it doesn't really get into like the sensationalized version of the truth and what it came so Mm -hmm. lizzie borden became infamous for being the main suspect in the brutal axe murders of her father and stepmother
2: okay wait stepmom why is the song mother and father well You know what? I guess gave her stepmother forty wax kind of messes up the cadence. It's like (laughs) gave a stepmother forty wax. Maybe it's like a little (laughs) syncopated.
0: I love that every time forty wax. That is
2: forty wax. -wax.
0: That kills me. Wait. Uh, it doesn't scan. It's it's kind of like if, you know, Mary had a sort of little lamb, a kind of little lamb, a medium-sized lamb. But, you know, Mary
2: had a plus-sized lamb. <laughs> oh, Mary had a petite lamb.
0: Right. Why has it got to be a little lamb? Um, right. We're body positive here. Exactly. Um, but the thing that's really wild about Lissy Borden is that she was actually acquitted of the murders. So oh. the song is a bop, but it's a totally inaccurate bop. <laughs> like, where Where's the acquittal bridge, right?
2: Yes, we. The song needs more bars.
0: Thank you. I got some. Okay.
2: Ready? Okay. Wait. He's a songwriter.
0: Okay. She says she didn't do it. The lawyers couldn't prove it, so Liddy got away with it when she got acquitted. At it. Ooh, you didn't. Not know. Not you
2: turning it into a rap.
0: Oh That's the <laughs> extent over of my songwriting.
2: Manuel Miranda. There's okay. a new. There's a new. <laughs>
0: You listen, give me that give me that Miranda money, okay? Shoot.
2: Honestly, honestly, I love that. I mean, here's the thing that is bothering me is that the song is propaganda, dare I say Bopaganda. Uh oh, here Uh, she goes.
0: (laughs) With her puns, here she goes. (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay but here's what i want to know why hasn't anybody set the record straight on miss lizzie borden
0: well her story it, it, it's totally like been in the zeitgeist and like the subject of books and podcasts there was even like a movie in 2008 that really mm. didn't go anywhere but there's also the lizzie borden musical i take a deep <laughs> breath there because girl you know me and turning every semi-interesting story into a musical not everything <laughs> should be a musical guys that's yeah that's fair There is one thing that I watched that I really want to mention. It's called History's (laughs) (laughs) Mystery. Please always say it like that. (laughs) It's also like from the 80s, but it's about Lizzie Borden. And a psychologist who was mentioned in the documentary made a really good point. The story, whether she was acquitted or not, has all of the elements of a really fascinating story. It has murder, right? It mm-hmm. has a woman whose society at the time deemed proper and a lady. It has mm-hmm. money. And it also has the psychological mystery factor like, where you, we ask, like, how could somebody do that? How could somebody ax murder their yeah. parents, you know? Yeah. Um, there, were, there were like 2,000 people that showed up to the house after the murders. People couldn't turn away
2: no oh my god not it being a tourist attraction you you know what i'm like surprised but also low-key annoyed that she hasn't had more of like a cult iconic status because In my mind, if like Charlize Theron Can win an Oscar Mm -hmm. Playing serial killer Eileen Warnos, And then we've got Elizabeth Holmes And Anna Delvey, Mm -hmm. like the white lady scammers Are having a moment (laughs) (laughs) Like truly You freaking rob somebody blind Then you get a limited series, like bet So why can't the Original wrongfully accused girl boss Murderer Lizzie Borden Why can't she have her moment?
0: You know what, we're about to give it to her Let's fix Lizzie Borden's story Let's dive in Okay, Lizzie Borden was born on July 19th, 1860 in Fall River, Massachusetts. Just three years later, her mother dies. And then Lizzie's father remarries Abby Dufray Gray in 1865.
2: Okay, Papa was a rolling star. He said, I'm gonna get in these streets.
0: Yo, <laughs> like, well, look, girl, listen, you know the patriarchy. He probably was like, "Let me find another woman to take care of these cheering. Okay, oh, he could so, not be bothered.
2: Oh, that is so. I mean, I mean, like, do what you got to do, but setting the stage for some drama.
0: Ready? And and his his name was Andrew Borden, and Andrew Jackson Borden. We're calling we're calling you on it, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, so he. also also was a coffin maker and like i mean <laughs> right the irony i mean everybody dies i just thought when i read that like god what another nail in the coffin you know
2: oh oh He's a writer. I'm sorry. Now you're going to clown me for my bad puns. I'm going to get you for that one.
0: Listen, it rubs off. It rubs <laughs> off. Uh, so in 1892, John Morose, Lizzie's uncle, arrives to stay with the family at their home. She lived with her father, her stepmother, as we all know, and she also lived with her older sister, Emma. And Lizzie's mm-hmm. relationship with her stepmother, Abby, was kind of strained. Ooh. This was also because Lizzie and her sister, they were 32 and 34, respectively. And <gasps> Wait a
2: second. I did not realize they were that old
0: yeah so they were like spinsters right oh, In- Comparatively. well first like- of
2: all first of all first
0: of all we 32 is not a
2: spinster <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Not you letting a little casual misogyny slip out, sir. No, wait, listen. This is the context of the time. Come on, okay.
0: it's 1892. <laughs>
2: not me taking it so personally. Okay, it's <laughs> the like... turn
0: of the. It's like the turn of the nineteenth century or turn of the twentieth century. So it's. Not, I'm not. It's not me. It's no, them. I know. I'm just.
2: I'm just teasing.
0: But so, like in my mind. She was like a teenager I, I think that's what everyone thought because of the way they painted her like this innocent woman right I mm-hmm. mean I guess but she was acquitted so she I guess she technically was innocent um, and the other thing about the Bordens is the in Fall River mass there were hundreds of Bordens or at least like hundred and twenty of them or something like that oh. and most of them had inherited the money from textile mills and and Lizzie and her sister's father had to earn his money and they lived way under their means in like mm. the lower part of Fall River so okay. the rich people are up on a hill and the the poor people live on the bottom and that's where lizzie and her family live. so there was already salt in the wound because lizzie was like yo we have all this money and we g- are 32 and still live with our parents right like, oh. women of the time and of their stature but kind of were looking for husbands and families mm-hmm. like a household mm-hmm. to take care of so they were bored too they have nothing going on and the Bordens kind of were running. bored <laughs>
2: Okay. So, it's giving reality shows bored and right. with bored <laughs> bored with the borders. MT-
0: <laughs> Where's MTV when you need them? Okay, so the tensions were already growing in the household with the Borden family, right? Um, mm-hmm. In the months before the murders, especially with Lizzie's father and some real estate transactions that had happened. So, mm-hmm. Lizzie's father Andrew gave Abby her stepmother's family real estate for free. She bought her stepmother's sister a house, and Lizzie and her sister Emma were. Pissed,
2: oh my God. Right? Listen, the housing market is a nightmare right now So I would be pissed if one of my family members If my father gave away a house for free To my stepmom
0: Your dad, when you've been asking him for help and money Like, what? Oh, so my God They threw a fit So their dad actually sold them a rental property that he had that he owned They grew up in this rental property um, It was their grandfather's, I think, uh, Andrew Borden's father And their dad sold it to them for a dollar Then a few okay. weeks later, before the murders The girls sold it back Back to daddy for five thousand dollars because the what? rental property income was just not enough to live on
2: okay i i admittedly do not watch selling sunset but i don't think that that's how real estate works a dollar <laughs> and five thousand dollars like that feels kind of sketchy
0: also like five thousand dollars is one hundred and sixty three thousand dollars in today's money so oh. i'm also like give me that money
2: shit that is so wild okay so so the story gets even more weird leading up to the murders because the night before, Lizzie and Emma's uncle, John, came and stayed with them for a few days to discuss some business matters. Hmm. And their dad, Andrew, was a little speculative of the conversation, particularly all the property stuff. And so that was just making an already tense situation. So for several days before the murders, the entire household had been violently ill. A family friend thought that maybe it was food poisoning, but the stepmom thought that maybe they had been poisoned because apparently Andrew was not well-liked in Fall River. Now, Mm. isn't that some shit? So he had enemies, and yet Lizzie... Takes the fall. Uh,
0: that, that, <laughs> I'm, I'm stymied. I'm stymied. Right. There was no one. No one else was considered. Hmm.
2: I mean, <clears throat> I mean, suspect. again, like if, if her first instinct was somebody might have poisoned him, that tells me there might be other suspects. But anyways, I digress. Mm. So on August 4th, 1892, Lizzie Borden alerted the family maid Bridget to her father's mutilated body found in the living room. He had been hit 10 or 11 times with a hatchet like weapon while sleeping on the sofa. So oh. the song is full of lies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she said I was bamboozled.
2: Why did they do 40 wax instead of 10 or 11 wax?
0: Girl, sensationalism. Sensationalism. Oh, oh my God. Okay, I mean, listen, bo- 10 is a lot of wax. <laughs> 10 <laughs> is no. a lot of wax.
2: i not, you added some inflation wax.
0: What's uh-uh. going on? <laughs> I can't stand
1: you. <laughs>
2: Okay, so the body of Abby Borden, Lizzie's stepmother, was found in the family guest room, and she had been struck 18 times.
0: So... Obviously, the police get involved. Lizzie gives answers to the police when she's first interviewed. And at the time, the police said that they were strange and a little contradictory. Mm. She initially reported hearing a groan or some scraping noise or a distress call before entering back into the house when the murders happened. Then two hours later, she told the police that she heard nothing and entered the house, not realizing that anything was wrong. When she asked where her stepmother was, she recounted that Abby had received a note and was asked to go visit a sick friend. She also stated that she thought Abby had returned and asked if anyone can go upstairs and look for her. The family maid, Bridget Sullivan, and a neighbor, Mrs. Church, were halfway up the stairs when they looked into the guest room and saw Abby lying Ooh. face down on the floor. Yo. Ooh, that is so gruesome. I've never seen, I never want to see a dead body, but ugh, the image of it makes my no, stomach and not, turn. No, and
2: not just a dead body, like hacked up like that is Ooh. really Violent, And, and you just, guys,
0: the photos are gross. Oh I mean, obviously.
2: They're, they're in black and white, and they're still gross. Like, still are they're, they're really bad.
0: So most of the police officers who interviewed Lizzie reported that not only did they not like her demeanor, but they disliked her attitude and mm-hmm. that they thought she was too calm and poised, uh, which feels a little sexist. I'm not going to lie. Um,
2: uh, super sexist. She probably was in shock.
0: Right. How could she not be? Like, two people were murdered in the house. Also fear that, you know, if she didn't do it because... She allegedly didn't, or she was acquitted of it. Like, also, there's a murderer about, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Totally. So, despite her change in behavior and her alibis changing, they didn't check her for blood stains, which. Was later criticized they, Police also didn't check her room very well mm. uh, They didn't go super in depth with Was They were also criticized for that One of the major reasons for that Was the, the quorum of the time mm. a, a man, police or otherwise They just didn't go into a private home And go through a woman's personals
2: Wow, so not sexism, hurting and helping her Okay <laughs> like, <laughs> That is so wild Okay, so in the basement The police found two hatchets Two axes and a hatchet head With a broken handle the hatchet head was suspected of being the murder weapon, as the break in the handle appeared fresh and the axe had dust on its head, unlike that of the other bladed tools. And it appeared to have deliberately been applied to make it look like it had been in the basement for some time. However, none of these tools were removed from the house. What is this? Is giving LAPD like okay. y'all? Y'all are just like mm, maybe we'll try to figure this out. So, because of the mysterious illness that had stricken the household before the murders, the family's milk and the victim's stomachs during the autopsies uh, were looked at, um, and they were tested for poison, but nothing was found. There were also some rumors that Lizzie had purchased hyaluronic acid from a local drugstore, which could have been used to poison the family, but oh. Lizzie was like, no, that's not what I was using it for. I was cleaning my furs, which I don't even know if that's a real thing, but okay. what acid? I don't make no <laughs> I, I mean, it does sound strange, but I mean... I'm not a scientist, but... <laughs> I mean, maybe the fur was alive when she got it.
0: <laughs> the damn like, fur.
2: Had to dip it in the acid before I threw it over my <laughs> shoulder.
0: Remember those fox, those fox furs, where it's like and that little head. head. Oh my god, disgusting! So fucking yes, nasty. that's
2: totally that's that's probably what she was rocking. So one of the other reasons for suspicion was on August 5th, 1892, the day after the murders, Lizzie and her sister, Emma, put out a large ad in the paper offering a $5,000 reward for the arrest and conviction of the persons who occasioned the death of their parents. And that left people to speculate whether, you know, this was a, a substantial reward, was a real thing, or it was a deflection.
0: I mean, mm, truly, damned argument. if you
2: do, if they hadn't taken out an ad, people so would have... Right.
0: they're like y'all just sitting up there counting the money that's what y'all are doing absolutely
2: exactly exactly. instead of like passing judgment maybe you should be looking for some clues maybe (laughs) (laughs) maybe you could get the reward you freaking judgmental jerks Uh uh okay so the police subsequently arrested 32 year old Lizzie and Lizzie's trial took place in New Bedford uh, starting June 5th 1893 now five days before the trial there was another axe murder in Fall River you lie Come on now, the victim Bertha Manchester was found hacked to death in her kitchen. Suspiciously, there's no limerick about it. No rhyme, <laughs> no crime. May you ask me.
0: <laughs> As she rhymes, wait, poor Bertha. Not a not a copycat. Not a copycat yes. hacker. Poor
2: Bertha. No, nobody remembers her. And like, oh. come on now, this this feels like a. I've listened to enough podcasts to know this is a clue. The similarities between the Manchester and Borden murders were striking and noted by jurors. However, Jose Correa de Mello, a Portuguese immigrant, was later convicted of the Manchester's murder in 1894. And it was determined that he he was not in the vicinity of Fall River at the time of the Borden murders.
0: I, I mean, I want to know. I don't know. I have questions. I don't. You
2: know, uh, here's here's what what sticks out to me. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Because look, they found a a light brown man and they said, this is who did it.
0: Absolutely, and you know when they the before they even looked inside the household, the Borden household, with those murders, they went down to the Portuguese harbor mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they started rounding up people because they oh, were like I'm it sh- had to be one of these people.
2: I'm sure they did, but it's also just so interesting all of the points where it seems like they decided that they knew who it was and or they weren't going to do any research because how do you not look at the suspect for blood and also an axe murder. You're, there's going to be blood. There's blood all over the house. So there has to be. There's no blood on her at visible blood at least, right? Mm. So if you didn't see any blood, that tells me I
0: I don't freaking know. It just well, and there were also reports of like a friend of hers seeing that she, saying that they saw Lizzie burn a blue dress because there was mm. quote unquote paint on it. Okay, and um, it doesn't add up. I mean, again, she was acquitted, so we're here to prove that she didn't do it. But yeah. what if she did? <laughs>
2: I mean, look, what we're really here to prove is that Lizzie deserves a chime to shine.
0: Thank you. Now, just to talk about the trial really quick. Lizzie's defense argued that she was innocent, obviously, because there was insufficient evidence to convict her. However, the prosecution presented circumstantial evidence that painted a suspicious picture of Lizzie's actions and behavior around the time of the murders. One key piece of evidence was Lizzie's conflicting accounts of her activities during the times of the murders. When Lizzie Borden went to trial, much was made of her odd behavior after her father's death, her failure to grieve in that quote-unquote normal, quote-unquote acceptable way, and her inability to grasp the situation she was in. Okay, again, sexism, right?
2: Yeah, you know what this reminds me of is Amanda Knox. Ooh. It was the same, I mean, and there's something about, you know, Lizzie and the Wax, Amanda uh, and the Knox, I don't <laughs> know. Like.
0: You better find, you better find a pattern.
2: But, uh, but it's the same thing, right? Where this idea of, well, you must be guilty because you're not acting the way I would act if exactly. this happened to me. And nobody knows how they would freaking act if their parents were murdered and then you were
0: on trial for the murder. Well, and it's also, I, I, I agree with you so much just because like the the shock of it all Mm -hmm. the idea that that's happening to you or that you're involved in anything like that is like so perplexing i can't imagine it and so if it happened to me i don't know how i would react but maybe i might be really sober right yeah one of the rationales around why lizzie had strange testimony with the police is that she was semi-sedated because she was in shock a doctor was giving her morphine sulfate to keep her calm Girl, she was high as a kite. <laughs> okay, she was high as a
2: kite. That, like, that, that totally checks out. Because if you've ever met somebody who's like right fresh off of like the grieving process, oftentimes they do feel like a zombie because they're just like in absolute disbelief. I mean, I'm sure there's some scientific evidence for why this is, but I would guess it's like your body kind of goes into like protection mode. Like sometimes people don't eat, they don't sleep. I mean, they're just like a shell of
0: themselves. Well, because it's also like how you're body and brain are processing them right Mm -hmm. and i I think a lot of times i'm not a scientist i'm not a doctor but i feel like a lot of times what we feel doesn't necessarily uh balance with what what logic we have in our heads yeah so sometimes you don't know what you're feeling you don't know what to do so the expectation that you're supposed to behave again in a specific way Mm -hmm. is completely erroneous um so you know she was high she was on morphine sulfate and in the end her testimony was actually thrown out and couldn't be used at trial because she didn't have a lawyer present oh (laughs) yeah yeah What?
2: what Yeah, no, oh she didn't Oh, my have. God, they were just making this up as they were
0: going along. Yes, she didn't have a lawyer present, and she was being questioned as the prime suspect without even knowing it. Oh, she, my God. And she has to be told that. You have to be told, hey, you're under arrest, and anything you say is going to be used against you. Miranda writes, bitches, what? Oh, my God,
2: listen, I uh, hello, that's like the first thing you see on Law & Order.
0: So, despite the circumstantial evidence, the jury eventually acquitted Lizzie Borden on June 20th, 1893. Can I just... Remind the class that though they acquitted her, Lizzie was not judged by a jury of her peers. Women wow. were not allowed to sit on federal juries until the Civil Rights Act of 1957. And then it took until 1973 for all 50 states to make it legal. And then it took the Supreme Court wow. until 1975 to make it a constitutional protection. I'm just Wow. Saying.
2: Wow. I mean, it's, it's so interesting because I would assume that that would have gotten her a conviction, 'Cause I don't trust a bunch of men to like like look at this in a in, in a fair way, right? I- like I just feel like sexism is so inherently present in like our experiences and the way she was judged for like not grieving the right way it's Mm. kind of shocking not me complimenting a bunch of men from the (laughs) fucking a bunch of you know we know y'all have some questionable values back in the 1800s but I'm gonna hand it to y'all y'all gave Lizzie a fair trial
0: well I will say I'll go back to your point about sexism on both sides playing in Lizzie's favor right because they also said at trial the defense attorney that she had was the former governor Mm -hmm. of this Who also appointed one of the judges On the judge panel Because they had a three judge panel And he also coached her (laughs) on how to respond to things. You know, the claims are she was acting and fainting at the trial, so the men were also like, oh, she's behaving ladylike, so how could she do it? I think it just plays both sides.
2: Wow, that's so interesting. It's so
0: crazy. Back to the case, it it, it attracted significant attention and public interest, and Lizzie Borden has remained the subject of fascination and speculation for years. The crime scene, this is Mm -hmm. crazy to me, the Mm -hmm. crime scene itself has been rebranded the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast Museum (laughs) since 1990.
2: No. Are you going? Are you going? <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? Actually, if I ever get married again, honeymoon I location. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, is so morbid. Why would anybody want to stay there?
0: You know, those like, you know, when you go to like a theme park and they have those like Western style things where you take a photo? I can imagine yeah. like it's just like a bunch of fam- a family with a bunch of axes, you know, oh God, <laughs> in front of I the just, house.
2: Oh, God. that That is so creepy. Uh, so now that we've talked about Lizzie's history, let's talk a little bit about Lizzie and pop culture. So we as a society have tried to make Lizzie happen a number of times. She has been the subject of books and plays and films often exploring the question of her guilt or innocence. And I really think that the Borden murders resonate because, you know, we just never really know how the tragic events played out. Mm. So a few times she's been captured. There was a Lizzie movie in 2018. It was directed by Craig William McNeil, and it was starring Chloe Sevigny and Kristen Stewart. It is based on the true story, of course, of Lizzie Borden. Chloe Sevigny served as the co-producer. So the film had its world premiere at the Sundance Film Festival in uh, January 2018, and it was released September 2018. But it didn't really go anywhere. Like, I was so surprised that I couldn't find, like, award nominations. I did watch the trailer, Um and it was interesting because I don't know who Kristen Stewart plays in the film, mm. but they had a little some gay moments in that trailer. Oh, did they really? I, I wonder if that's in Kristen Stewart's like writer. She's like, must have gay stuff
0: in anything that I <laughs> well, did. Because she and Lizzie
2: out. were were giving each other looks and at one point they were like about to kiss in the uh-uh. trailer. I was like, what's going on?
0: That's they you know that's why I wasn't that's why I didn't give it an award or, or wasn't acknowledged because they were doing too much. You know. <laughs> also, if I'm writing this if I'm writing this screenplay, <laughs> he hasn't written anything, but if I'm writing the screenplay, <laughs> what where am I focused? Am I focused on the household or am I focused on the trial? I think the more interesting thing is what happens in the household leading up to the murders, and then it's like blackout, you don't see the murders. That's how I'm in. Yeah, my so
2: that so again, we I didn't watch the movie, I just watched the trailer. And like the trailer has all the elements. Of something that feels, you know, like a good movie, like a thriller. But I was definitely thrown off by the like, are Kristen and Chloe about to scissor? Because, like, <laughs> well, <not> like, scissor. <laughs> <laughs> I... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Axe. They're going to swap axes. <laughs> like... <laughs> okay, so in 2014, Lifetime had a TV movie called Lizzie Borden Took an Axe. And uh, they were like, you know what? Not enough. <laughs> they followed <laughs> no, that we're up. We're not done. <laughs> not enough. They followed that up with a 2015 series called The Lizzie Borden Chronicles, oh starring Christina Ricci. She loves a dark character.
0: You know, what, I'll um, give it to you. I'll give, I'll give it to them. That's really good casting. She or...
2: knows her br- I mean, is it good casting? She just, like, knows her brand. I mean, Listen,
0: again. We're, we're actors. I Please, give me a where I can play myself? No, yeah. And l-
2: let me be clear. Let me be clear. Francesca has not booked in a minute, so okay. I have. I truly, I'm not. I'm not uh, shading you, Christina. I'm just saying. She was like Wednesday got it I'll play Wednesday for the rest (laughs) of my fucking life if I have to And I don't blame her I just think it's funny like I don't know If I don't know if she was right for this part But apparently uh, Both series got mixed Responses there's also a Lizzie musical which Mm -hmm. The New York Times describes as a gothic Rock ritual with riot girl Attitude an eerie hybrid Of rock club and turn of the century New England parlor which Uh what is That that's like a fucking Mad Lib. (laughs) (laughs)
0: truly there were these musicals i have to mention this there's musicals that were like these rock musicals of a certain time very angsty like they took like green day's song and made american idiot you know Mm -hmm. um they were i can't think of another one off the top of my head but i listened to a couple of the tracks on this musical and i was like oh god it's just so of that ilk of that era that i wasn't really interested in it but then i i want to circle back to like the first song Francesca, absolutely really? not.
2: Why? What oh does it sound it, like?
0: It's not bad, bad. It's just like creepy bad. It's like this dissonant, atonal, like creepy lullaby with a chorus of children singing the song. Lithi Borden took an You have to. It's so well. We'll put it in here because it's it creepy. It's so creepy. <laughs>
2: Listen to that one. I just listened to a few clips from the website. It kind of, it felt like Avril Lavigne wrote exactly her exactly. own version of the Lizzie. You know what I mean? And like, and like, even the outfits kind of felt like like they were wearing the period outfits, but like the way the women were styled, like they mm-hmm. all had like spiky hair, and like dark collars, up and like... dark makeup. It was just, it was just weird. Like it just, I don't know. Again, similarly to the movie trailer, again, didn't watch the full Lizzie movie. It just feels like. the These ventures were adding too much, and the story has more than enough. It doesn't need all the sauce.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.
2: So now that we've talked about Lizzie's history and how pop culture has tried to give her, you know, her story a breath of fresh air, it's time for us to fix it. How would we revamp Lizzie Borden's brand? Because I'm going to say it. I, I really think she deserves it. Let me let me fix it. Uh-uh. Let, let me. me fix
0: it. What's your fix, Fran?
2: So... You know even though we didn't like what we heard of the original musical and the movie i think that lizzie needs a flashy movie musical so like kind of like a a les mis style or phantom meets pearl so like high production value bloody campy huge stars you know we really need a prestige white woman you know somebody i'm growing i'm growing you know you know what I mean? Like, listen, there is a, there's a thing that, that people are calling Instagram face. Like there's, there's a very modern looking face. We don't want that for this movie. We need a woman who looks like she has never had Wi-Fi or
0: indoor. <laughs> so She's my, never seen an actual mirror already.
2: No, 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 not. A, she has no Botox, no veneers, a natural face. So I think Akira Knightley could be uh Lizzie board. I don't know if she could sing, but you know what? Oh, like even, even Anne Hathaway could be
0: interesting. You know, Hollywood kind of tossed Anne Hathaway out for a minute, or Anne Hathaway took a break because she was like, you know, I need a break. They but- were
2: they were really punching down on her after after she won her Oscar. But I think she's I think she's talented. She's not problematic to my knowledge, yeah. uh, and she can sing and she has that vintage you know what i mean
0: like that innocent like prop, that you, you feel for her automatically she has she's that white lady that you go oh right yeah. the innocence about her yes
2: but you could also see her being a little dark and shady right
0: mm. if nothing else when her getting dark and shady i'd be like oh wait a minute it'll be a nice mm-hmm. turn not us writing it
2: <laughs> who would seriously who would you cast in a lizzie borden movie musical
0: um i'm not gonna get her name right but who was the woman the actress who is in um oh gosh the craft the dark one the, the <gasps> for, for roots of bulk for of bulk I, oh, that, I don't know where she went but let's bring
2: i her back. listen I, I first of all i love that you mentioned the craft that is one of my favorite movies we absolutely need to do an episode about that because yes, they please. did a reboot of that movie
0: <gasps> did they really they,
2: they did and it, it didn't do very well um I love Fruitsabong. I don't know if she could sing, but I, I love her for Lizzie. Wow, you that's a really good call. She has an old school face.
0: Yeah, well, and I also do, like, you know, in the craft, she's like, and all, all her roles, like, she had that dark hair, that makeup. Mm-hmm. Even if they did dress her up, she has not only that face, but she has that energy right yeah of like you like and she has she's has dark featured and those bright eyes and you're like Mm -hmm. something's not right behind something's going
2: on like something's bubbling beneath the surface with her you know so what would you do uh for lizzie borden
0: so there's this lady. Her name is Donnell Fatibine. I can't mm-hmm. say this. Fatibine, whatever. Uh, who says that Lizzie's sister came to her in a dream and confessed to the crime? <laughs> what? She, <laughs> yes, she says she confessed to the crime, and she wrote a book about the experience called "I Did It."
2: Oh, listen. Donnell is not a writer. Like, come on. Well,
0: listen. You know it's self-published, okay? <laughs> So I I don't know if Danelle's right, but I'm willing to ask the question. So my fix is let's open the case up again. Let's make Mm -hmm. it a cold case because she was acquitted of it. So somebody Mm -hmm. had to do it. Let's start talking up, looking for who the real suspect is. Emma Borden, maybe. I don't know. Reframe the narrative.
2: Yeah, you know what, here's the thing. I really enjoyed uh I don't know if you watched the Dropout series which was about Elizabeth Holmes, and starring oh, Amanda yes. Seyfried. It was fantastic. I would love a mini series Cold case file about Lizzie Borden. You know, do you know what we could do? Some uh, Ancestry.com Let's find some Lizzie's some of Lizzie's, res, some of Lizzie's um,
0: relatives. Yeah, and like I said, in, in Fall River, there were like a hundred some out of them. So the Borden's mm-hmm. are. I'm pretty sure they're still in Fall Fall River. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go on the internet and find somebody, okay?
2: That is so funny. I also could see like Lizzie being rebranded as like the anti hero, like, you know, on like t shirts and like posters and, you know, really give her that free, free Lizzie. Oh, my God. I, I love it. Like, I, I just think that she could like maybe it's like Lizzie's mugshot on a, on a shirt Ooh, or something.
0: I love that. I would also, buy that. You know, I mean, the Lady Donella aside, you know, there are Lizzie fans out there because mm-hmm. there are people that go to this house. They go to see the house in Fall River. Right. Mm-hmm. So where are the stands out there? I feel like That's... you need to like start a movement.
2: Yes, that's true. Listen, if Charles Manson could get fan mail in prison, oh. absolutely. You could send Lizzie Borden a DM. You <laughs> could write her a letter like, let's go. Where Where is the Lizzie fan club at?
0: For real. And I, you mentioned Charles Manson. I, I also have to bring up Jeffrey Dahmer. And there, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's another one that I'm, Ted Bundy is another mm-hmm. one. We are so overly consumed by these murderers right mm-hmm. and i don't get it like i don't get why we give them so much attention i can't watch that stuff i mean no. this is interesting because she was acquitted and it was such a mystery but like uh, ted bundy uh
2: yeah uh, no people exactly somebody that we know like, there's something different about someone who's acquitted and there's still a lot of speculation around who did it versus somebody who like killed and ate people and like, and, and the families of his victims are still alive. And they've Ugh. been very vocal about like not wanting this stuff dredged back up. And it's a perfect example to your point of just like sensationalizing freaking white men in a I way know. that is just totally inappropriate and gross when there are so many stories that Deserve to be told and in this Case it's like a cold case There's no answer to it all the more Reason to continue investigating it We know Ted Bundy did it like Why right. Why do we need another Freaking series about him
0: even Jeffrey Dahmer like that was the most recent one where mm-hmm. You know the families were like please don't do This mm-hmm. um, I don't know you're right I don't know why we, why we need to Completely rehash this over and over Again also like I feel like it just Promotes more violence in our society We have enough of it
2: Seriously, I am all for a Lizzie Borden rebrand, and I hope that you guys are inspired to give Lizzie her flowers, too. So now that we've dug into her history and how we would fix the brand, it's time for everyone's favorite segment, the glow up, where we give our props to those who've turned themselves around without our help. So, DeLon, I'm going to let you go first. What's your glow up?
0: My glow up is theme parks. Hear Ooh. me out.
2: Okay. I, I mean, because the people- theme parks have always been popping.
0: <laughs> all right. Right, right right so this is a personal statement this is oh, like a okay. personal journey so come with me on the journey let me put <laughs> let me strap you in on the yeah. ride okay i not recently, you building the world okay he, he's kind of a writer bitch um so i went to a theme park uh I, i've been working in orlando and i went to disney um and i went to four parks in one day and then i went to universal with what? some of my co-workers yeah i didn't know
2: it was four in one day yeah
0: that was a marathon that was too much I'll never do it again but i'm glad i went i'm glad i saw disney it was fun it was great now universal we went to universal the next week yo that is my jam and here's where i get to the glow up i went to you know theme parks growing up i went to theme parks as an adult i was a camp counselor went to theme parks always kind of enjoyed it but whatever Mm -hmm as an adult going and having the thrill of almost feeling like you're going to die <laughs> you know it's like I, I want to uh, uh, Ali Wong has a joke about this it's like I want to feel like I'm going to die but I'm not going to die right mm-hmm. choke me like I'm going to die <laughs> <laughs>
2: So like, oh we get real personal on the pod.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, listen, it is about us, isn't it? So yes, like yes, yes. The, the feel of like you're going to die but then gravity saves you. There's something so elating about that. And uh, also, the feeling of weightlessness, also the feeling of, of that level of speed that you don't feel in life. It was so thrilling. And it was like a high. Every time I came up one of these rides, I felt like a kid. I was skipping, I was jumping, I was laughing, I was scream laughing on these oh rides. My so, God. theme parks have it for me. I, I'm a believer. I, <laughs> I'm going to go back twice a year, semi annually. I'm putting it in the budget because they, it really gave me <laughs> so much therapeutic joy. I'm, I'm for real, friend. You should come with me.
2: Oh my God, not you working for big theme park. Um, I have to say, you and I are so different. I can I don't want to be on a ride. I'm terrified. Really? Oh my God, yeah. I I I get sick. I get
0: like like motion sick. Yeah, I get
2: motion sick and I and I feel scared. Like I wanna keep my feet on the ground. Like
0: I am very (laughs) risk averse. You
2: know what I mean? Like
0: I I think that's why I'm shocked, because I am pretty risk averse too.
2: I know. That's that's why I mean, but that's why it's a glow up for you because it's just you know. doesn't seem – you know, I think the other thing about it, like just knowing you – like you're very funny and and we have a great time together, but you're also serious. Like I'm you're also serious. you're very serious, and so like the thought of you skipping, wearing little mouse ears ah. at the theme park is just like so foreign to me.
0: And I think it was foreign to me too. And I it's like as an adult, we are going deep here. You're totally right. As I love an, it. As an adult, I just like it's rare that I have that level of of awe, of wonder, mm-hmm. and excitement there. And and I just didn't. You know, I'm a jaded, cynical New Yorker, so I was like, oh my god. God, I can feel this. This is how kids feel, right? It's like a, a, that theme parks work. It's it's a magical place on earth, you know. Oh my God! Um, well, listen, yeah, so.
2: I you know I've lived in L.A. for three years, so now I'm in my woo era, and it sounds like the theme park was healing your inner child.
0: It was. It did. So that's my glow up. What is yours this week, Fran?
2: So my glow up goes to crochet. Crochet is really having a moment. Mm. Uh, we used to think of you know those weird square blankets that your grandma would make, and you always see them at the Goodwill. I always thought Not of crochet. Grandma. <laughs> no, listen. I, I'm just saying that was where most people connected with crochet. Something that like elderly people would a do. doily. A doily, exactly. Um, But it's really making a comeback in fashion. Um, There's a lot of designers and boutiques that are experimenting with crochet bikinis and bucket hats and handbags and dresses. And there is a a boom of what's being called cottage core and grandpa core. Oh my god, what is that? it's, It's just like it's it's kids wearing. It's the Gen Zers wearing clothes that feel. Vintage? Not anti- vintage, antiquated. It's like mm. big poofy dresses and it's lots of like homesteading. So like growing oh. your own fruits and vegetables <laughs> and I'm, like making bread and just like living this kind of like soft life. Like, you know. Laura Ingalls. Yeah, yeah. Laura Ingalls. Like you ain't got no indoor plumbing. Like just... <laughs> You know, just really taking it that musty earth smell. Oh, not musty.
0: <laughs> yes. I'm sad. Yes. You, heard, know ex- heard. You,
2: know ex- you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So it's really cool. Young people are really embracing home crafts and slow fashion. And I really love this because I was really into crochet. My my grandmother taught me how to crochet. And I people kind of made fun of me. I remember in uh college I was wearing like crochet hats when I was locking <gasps> my hair.
0: Do you remember I was crocheting wearing crochet hats as well? Uh, wait a second! In college too? In college, yeah. My freshman year, I made them like senior year of high school and into college. I had so many of them. Oh my and god! I this might have been before we were like actually locked. I think in as, yeah, because like, we
2: really yeah, you and I really became friends like our sophomore year of college. So I feel like maybe we were just like ships in the crochet night yeah. in that in that way. But I was also very into crochet. I was do You know what? I think my crochet boom happened after I left college because that's when I started my locks.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: After I left Michigan. And, you know, here's the thing. I, I love that y'all are finally on board because, as usual, I was a trendsetter. I was making little bikini tops and bags and headbands. But it's so cool seeing people get into crochet now because it's really easy to pick up. Um, it's meditative. It, it gets you off of your phone. You can do it while you're watching TV. Um, and you can make some really incredible things. The kids, dare I say, are hooked on crochet. I can I can. <laughs> um on TikTok there are 15.5 billion views on videos tagged crochet. Wow. For comparison, knitting videos have about 2.7 billion views. So, shout out to everybody out there crocheting. Um I love it. I'm just I've always been a crafty person, so you it's really just really have. cool to see people are embracing their inner crafter.
0: I hear you on that. I, I mean, the idea that like you can do something that's like you said meditative, and at the end of it have something to show for it is really cool. And I also think you know there was that the the fidget spinners that were a thing mm-hmm. in the last five to ten years, especially kids I know with autism use them because like there were I forget what you, they call them specifically, um, but it it helps them with their nerves, right? It helps yeah. them to have something to do crocheting is like a really good example or opportunity therein right just oh yeah move your hands and have something in the end of it
2: yeah there's something like really cool about the process of like doing the, the the hook in and out of the yarn and to your point about having something afterwards there is nothing like wearing or sharing a creation that you made Mm. and having somebody stop you and say, Oh, I love that thing. And you're like, I made it like, it's just the, it's the best feeling. Um, And so it's really cool, especially because we are so digital and, and I'm guilty of it too. I'm on my phone all the time. I, you know, I create and edit on my computer. It's so cool to see people giving themselves permission to do something off of their phone. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really, it's really good for your brain.
0: And not that I'm going to take up crocheting, but I can't wait to see what you're going to send me, (laughs) Fran. What are you going to make You know what?
2: You know what? I I will take that challenge. I I really, I haven't done it in years, but I would love to get back into it.
0: She is always about it. Guys, this is the last thing we'll say before we end, but I was at Fran's house, uh, I guess, I don't know, two visits ago, and I was like, wow, these cute little paintings are so great. Where did you get them? She's like, I made them. And I was like, obviously you made them. (laughs) Why did I even ask the question? Um, Guys, that is our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate you.
2: So before we go, we would like to hear from you. Who had the better fix Or is there another historical figure That you think deserves a musical biopic Or maybe you just want to suggest a TV show A celeb or a brand that we should fix in the future Please hit us up on our Instagram At fixitpod
0: So we know that you enjoyed this But we want to hear about it So if you would please be sure To give us a rating on iTunes Or whatever your favorite podcast app is I'm Francesca I'm Delon And this was Let Me Fix It